Louise Bedford here. Just before we kick off with today's show, I wanted to let you know that for one week only, you can get up to 84% off a selection of my most popular trading education products available through tradinggame.com.au. Make no mistake. Your financial future is in your hands. So check out the audios, videos, and study courses that I have available at tradinggame.com.au. Now's your chance to develop your skills as a trader for up to 84% off, but only for the next week. Let's get on with the show. Hi, I'm Caroline Stephen, financial journalist. Welcome to this week's episode of Talking Trading. Jerry Seinfeld is the biggest comedian in the world. And up until a few years ago, he'd only ever endorsed two companies, Microsoft and American Express. But John Dwyer, a cheeky marketing specialist from Australia, pulled off the seemingly impossible and caught Jerry for advertisements for an Australian building society. If there's a person who knows how to market effectively, it is John Dwyer from the Institute of WOW. John speaks with us today on how to market your business, key branding principles, and why companies fail to attract new clients. We also hear about John's new podcast, but first up, we hear from Louise Bedford in Mind Power as she discusses how to deal with those people in your life who won't support your trading dreams. In a previous Mind Power session, we talked about fear, fear of failure, fear of success, and fear of people. I've already discussed fear of failure in depth. Now, I'd like to cover fear of people. You see, as a trader, even though it is quite an insular sport, you will still have to come up against people who perhaps don't believe in you, and that can be scary. Do you know what though? I want you to know that you decide whose opinion that you listen to and that you value. It is up to you. You know, when you say that you're going to become a trader, there won't be a long line of your friends and family cheerleading that decision. They won't be queuing up saying, be fearless, stick to your trading plan. And that's why you do need external support. You need the support of traders who are already fighting the battles that you are fighting. Now, I want to discuss with you a strategy for being able to get those non-traders in your life perhaps to fall in line. I think sometimes I see my traders from our mentor program come up against it. They are really talking to people who should have their best interests at heart, but maybe they're trying to protect them from experiencing a loss. If that describes your situation, I urge you to have a deep conversation with the person who is giving you flack about being a trader. I've had to do that with some people in my life earlier on in my trading career. So what I did say to them, and you're welcome to copy this wording, is I've said, look, I'd like to chat with you about trading, but I want to hear everything you've got to say. I want to hear all of your concerns, and I want it to all be done in the one conversation. I know you care for me, and I know that you are trying to act in my best interests, but I want to hear everything all in one, and then 
I will make up my mind about how I live my life based on this information. And we won't be discussing it again. So you've got one shot and I'd like to schedule a time to discuss this with you. Now what this does is it gives you license to have all of their concerns laid out on the table in one disgusting, hairy, steaming mass of sewage so that you can handle it all in one hit. And then you can put it aside and if they bring it up again, you can say to them, look, I know that you're concerned, but as I mentioned, I won't be discussing this any further. You had your shot, I've made my decision and respect the direction that I'm leading my life. So that way, they've got a chance to voice their concerns. You've had a chance to listen, and you can also say no more. I want you to take control of not only yourself, but of what you let into your space. And this fear of people really needs to be detoothed as a concern. It has to be because I want you to live the trader's life. If you're starting your own business or looking to grow your number of clients, John Dwyer from the Institute of Wow has been in the field of marketing since he was 15 years old. He's worked with some of the biggest corporate clients in Australia, including Westfield, 7-Eleven and KFC. He's stitched up licensing deals with Disney, DreamWorks, Warner Brothers and Fox. He's known for thinking way outside the square. And today we speak to John about a few essential marketing principles for running your own business. John Dwyer, hello and welcome back to Talking Trading. Good morning. Good morning. Let's talk about refraining from marketing on price. How do businesses do that? Yeah, look, my business is called the Institute of WOW and uh, the WOW part of it is all about convincing business owners that they shouldn't market their products or services on price, but rather what they should do is concentrate on creating a WOW factor to take their prospects' eyes off the price. And I guess the best example I can give is McDonald's. Um, You're talking to the father of six children and they're 18 plus now. But at one stage, my wife and myself had six children under 12 and McDonald's throughout that time um, with Happy Meals got about $6 billion out of us. And and I couldn't tell you what the price was. Uh, And I'm sure that if uh, parents or grandparents are listening to this, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. You did whatever you had to do to keep those kids quiet in the back of the Tarago. And we spent a gazillion dollars on Happy Meals because McDonald's were clever enough to take our eyes off the price and onto the free Disney toy. Creating the wow. Any other examples? Well, look, I, I give a good one. Uh, look, there's lots and lots and lots. But a good one is a, a turf farm uh, who came on as a client a little while back. And he has a turf, as in grass, selling grass for front yards and backyards. So, and he's on the mountain range in the Gold Coast and the Tambourine Mountains. And he came on board my coaching program and he said to me, look, I've, I've got about six miles worth of turf. I can't get rid of it. The building boom at that time had sort of gestalled. And he said, I bought this turf farm recently and I bought myself a lemon. He said, is there any chance you can help me with your marketing wizardry of how I can sell more turf? I said, well, who's your target audience? And his target audience were mainly landscapers because they're buying multiple homes worth of turf. And I said, well, landscapers are pretty easy to turn on. They like beer. And he said, what? And he said, what are you talking about? I said, well, at the moment when a landscaper rings you up, 
how do you sell? He said, on price. He said, because I say that I'm $5.50 a square metre for Sir Walter Turf, and they say I can get it for $5 down the road, and I've got to drop my pants and give it for $4.50. I said, well, let's stop that. I said, why don't we develop a McDonald's Happy Meal toy, a wow factor for you? So what we did is we just rented a mail list to 500 landscapers in Brisbane and, and the Gold Coast. We only sent out to 250 of them, and we had to stop. Because when we sent out to 250 of them a picture of a big cart and a crown lager, and we said to them, for every 500 square metres of turf that you get from our turf farm, we will give you a free cart and a crown lager. He rings me up 10 days into the mail out, and he said, uh, J- my name's John DeWire, but I get JD. And he said, JD, um, we've got a problem. And I said, what? He said, we've got no more turf. And I said, what? He said, the whole six miles of turf has gone. And he said, let me tell you how it took their eyes off the price. I had a guy that used to be the worst customer. He'd be the guy that would screw me on price all the time. He's a landscaper from Brisbane. He rang up and said, I want 19 homes worth of turf. I don't care when the grass gets here. I need the beer by Friday. I've got a party. (laughs) (laughs) So that's wow factor marketing. And uh, look, Harvey Norman does it with two years interest free. Um, the irony is, it takes their eyes off the price, of course. The irony, and Kellogg's have been doing it for probably five decades with the free toy in the bottom of the cereal box. But the crazy, crazy thing is, is that hardly any business in the world uses this. There's less than 5% of businesses in the world, I've done my stats, that use this wow factor direct response marketing. And it's crazy because if you're going to be marketing your products or services on price in a global community that we're in, I would not want to be the little hardware store trying to sell my wheelbarrow when I've got Bunnings down the road who are going to beat me on price every time. With the sausage sizzle on Sunday and Saturday. You got it. Let's move on to the next question. Given the website's now the director of first impressions, what component should we have on our website that helps conversions? Look, this is the world we live in, uh, and I'm glad you highlighted that the website is the director of first impressions. It's no longer Susie behind the reception desk that's answering the phone. She's relegated to number two now in terms of giving an impression for your business. And so if it is the director of first impressions, just like you would have expected Susie to have a nice tone and her voice, and if she was at the front of the reception desk, she was dressed attractively and so forth. Look, the thing is, is that if your website is your first port of call, then there are a number of things that you want. First of all, I'll throw the cat among the pigeons and be controversial and say that probably 90% of whoever's listening to this uh, who have a website have an awful website, okay? And that's a big call, I know. But in the world that I live in, uh, where I provide marketing consultancy to most people, the very first thing we have to do every single time for every single business is fix their website. Do you know that Qantas at the moment don't have a video testimonial on their website? Do you know that I check the top 50 resorts in the world? If there's any business in the world that should have video testimonials of guests saying what a wonderful resort it was and how the pool was fantastic and, that you know, a happy hour of an afternoon was great. They got together with the other guests and the rooms were Palazzo Versace quality and blah, blah. If there's any industry that should have video uh, testimonials on the website, it should be the hospitality industry. Let me ask you a question out of the top 50 TripAdvisor voted resorts in the world, Maldives, uh, we're talking, you know, the Mediterranean, we're talking Tahiti, Fiji. How many do you think of those websites with all those top 50 resorts had video on their website? Ten. One. So here we have an industry in the world which should have as a first port of call on their homepage uh, an array of video testimonials from guests raving about the resort, only one out of the top 50. So if I can run through the must-haves, number one, your website needs to have a benefit-driven headline or a problem-solution headline. So if you were Jenny Craig, your headline would be, are you overweight and not feeling good about yourself? 
did you know that summer's just around the corner? We can have you looking like Miranda Kerr in four weeks. And then you would have a before and after photo of lots of people that have been through that unbelievable transformation. So a problem solution headline or a benefit driven headline. Uh, number two, a welcome video. And if you're not good in front of the camera, get a presenter. And if you don't want to get a presenter, get one of those doodle animation whiteboard videos done and, you know, put a voice behind it. But you need a welcome video to explain to people who you are. I want you to come on and say, listen, I am Australia's number one chiropractor. Nobody does whacking and cracking like I do. I had an 84-year-old lady in here last week that couldn't get out of bed. Within a week, she's doing the four-minute mile. So if you've got a sore neck or sore back, you've come to the right place. Bang, problem, bang, solution. And then after that, what you need is a data capture facility. And that is, is that I cannot believe that 95% of all websites don't have this. In other words, they let people come to the website and leave without capturing their data. And in order to do that, you need to have what we call a free report or free download. And we call that a data capture facility, which means that you lure them in to give you their details by saying, if you were a kitchen renovator, it would be the three big mistakes that most people make when they choose a kitchen renovator. Hint, hint, that is not really an Italian benchtop. Now, if I'm on your site and you're a kitchen renovator, I'm there because I want kitchen my kitchen renovator. Do you think I'm not going to give you my details to download that secret report about all the mistakes? Of course I will. And then, of course, you've got their name and their details so you can annoy them until they buy or die. But one, one more, Cameron, the other thing is that you actually have to have on their um, video testimonials, and that is people raving about your kitchen renovations. Why? Why are video testimonials so important? Uh, because we don't believe you, um, because you're going to say that you're good no matter what. And so, therefore, really, uh, when I say we won't believe you, though, I'm being a bit cheeky. Look, there's a, there's a degree of scepticism um, of any buyer for any purchase. And although your welcome video tells me that you're the best in town and you're great and your products and services are, you know, basically life-changing and all of that, then there's a degree of scepticism. So to pour cold water on that scepticism, we want people who have actually bought from you to tell us what they think about you. And that's why video testimonials are so good. So how do you get a good one? How do you get a good video testimonial? Yeah, look, I'm glad you asked because how many of those video testimonials have you seen that people just grabbed and, uh, well, not grabbed, but they've asked uh, their clients to do them, uh, which, of course, is just a cardinal sin because that client's going to have shaky cam and they're going to go, oh, yeah, look, I thought that JD was really good at marketing. Oh, I'm not good at this. I'm just not good at it. But anyway, look, he's really good at marketing. And, yeah, oh, thank you. I'm not, I'm not going to ever be able to use that. So what you've got to do is have your handy iPhone with you all the time and you just need to basically get them to paraphrase your question and their answer. So if I said to you, look, why was JD such a brilliant marketing advisor? They would say, JD is a brilliant marketing advisor because I doubled my sales in four months. So they, they would never hear my voice. I'm going to cut my voice out of it. And all I will do then is I say, look, can you tell me what life was like before you met JD, the, the marketing whiz, and what life is like now three months after? Or before I met JD, my life was awful. I couldn't make any sales. My website was terrible. I had no conversions. Now, since I've met JD, I've got a better website. I've got more sales. And uh, I've now attract a much prettier women. <laughs> Let's talk about Jerry Seinfeld because that was a, a coup of your career. You caught him for the Greater Building Society. Yeah, look how that came about. I was had a client called the Greater Building Society, and uh, depending upon the geography of your uh, listeners, um, those outside of New South Wales and the Gold Coast might not know this building society. But it's a five billion dollar business. It's not up there with the Commonwealth Bank. It's a baby compared to all the big four banks. Um, it's what I would call a challenger brand, and therefore I implemented for them a, what. 
I guess what you'd call challenger brand marketing tactics. But it's it's a big business. And um, I had developed a campaign for them about, oh, 10 years earlier. And it was get a home loan, get a free holiday. And I think I take you back to the Happy Meal toy when I say that. We stopped selling on price. I said to the Building Society, if you're up against Commonwealth Bank and Westpac, the last thing you want to do is advertise your home loans on 6.2% or whatever it was at the time, because they'll just go 6.1, you'll go 6, and I know who's going to win that, not you. You're a challenger brand, you're a baby. So they said, well, what do we do? I said, you do a McDonald's. You put a Happy Meal toy in the box. You actually market your home loans on anything but price. Now, they were pretty sceptical about this fast-talking advertising supposed guru, and they went, okay, we'll give you a rope and see if you hang yourself. you got three months. So we came out on television and radio and online, offline, and we said, get a home loan from the grader. If you're unhappy with your bank because they're charging you fees and they're not treating you properly, swap across to the grader, and we'll give you a free holiday. And depending upon the size of your loan, you can go to Fiji or go around the world three times. They doubled their entire home loan portfolio within three months. And it was tripled within 18 months. And that promotional giveaway, get a home loan, get a free holiday, went for 11 years until I left. I left the Building Society a few years ago because I've got other things I do now. It, not once in those 11 years did they ever, ever uh, advertise an interest rate. Can you imagine the only bank in the world that never advertised an interest rate for its home loan? And towards the end of that, um, we added Jerry Seinfeld to it. And I won't bore you with how we got him. I annoyed him and annoyed him for about six months. And eventually when we got him and I met him for the first time, I asked him, you know, why did you say yes? He said, well, number one, no one from Australia has ever asked me before and I love your sense of humour. And number two, I thought that if I didn't say yes, you'd never go away. So <laughs> I reckon persistence beats intelligence. Jerry, Jerry came on and uh, we just got him to be him. Uh, we got him to stand outside a Greater Building Society branch, which we built down the road from where he lives in New York because, we, you know, he's, he's, he was time poor. He couldn't get to Australia. So we just got an empty shop and built a branch there and he stood outside and did all of his gags. And we whacked that on TV and online and radio and everything else. Uh, it was big news when, when it hit because, you know, the Today Show and Current Affair and Sunrise and all those shows got onto it pretty quickly because Jerry had only ever done two campaigns before and that was for Microsoft and American Express. So the grade is a little bit smaller than that. And uh, guess what? Uh, they tripled their home loan market share in the first 18 months because of Jerry Seinfeld. Let's talk about branding logos for any business. How important is it? Look, my view is that um, the logo itself is immaterial. Uh, it's the actual tagline that's important because if I said to you, look, could you draw the Woolworths logo? I bet you couldn't. But if I said to you, what is the Woolworths tagline? We are the fresh food people. And so, therefore, I believe what you should be concentrating on um, is the tagline. And and you might say, oh, well, hang on, Nike. I mean, Nike's got just do it. And Toyota's got, oh, what a feeling. And you know that if we were sitting in a brainstorm today and around the six of us around the table, someone for Toyota, you know, it was a motor car company, forget it was Toyota. I mean, oh, how about, oh, what a feeling. We'd ask them to leave the room because they weren't thinking hard enough. What a stupid thing we'd say that was. Or... If someone said to us, oh, what about just do it? We go, oh, please, that's pretty ordinary. Why did they Why did they win? Because they got $4 gazillion behind them. So for most of us in a smaller business, we've got to be careful to not to take too much out of some of what these bigger businesses do because they've got the money to make it successful, even if it's a bad song or bad, you know, bad tune. For most of us, if we're trying to distinguish our electrical services business, or our accountancy business or our lawn mowing business from someone else, it would be best to actually concentrate on a tagline that actually gives them the benefit or provides the um, solution to their problems. Because if I said, to, I, people say to me, oh, what about 
you know, the name of my business. What do you think of it? And I go, Jones, Walker and Smith, I think it's awful. And they, they go, but why? Because like, it doesn't tell me what you do. I mean, look, let me ask you this. Does anyone know what you do unless you, you, you tell them? I mean, no, not really. That's good. Toys R Us, what does it do? And the penny drops. So I believe just like Toys R Us as a business name tells you what they do, the Institute of Wow, my business, I think you know I'm not an accountancy practice. The point is, is that why think too hard about this? Just keep it simple. If you're the fastest accounting in town, like my son's just opened up an accounting business. He's in his late 20s. And I said, are you boring? And he said to me, well, I guess that's for others to sort of decide that, but I don't think I'm boring. I said, no, I don't think you are either. I think you got a little bit about a little bit of my cheekiness. And whilst I know you can't go to the length of cheekiness that I do because you're in the accountancy business, why don't you tag yourself as the not boring accountant? And he went, what? Well, guess what? He put out 150 flyers. He only just opened up his office. He's moved from Sydney to Byron Bay. He actually listened to me and put the bro- I put the copy together for him. The headline on this was, are you sick and tired of your boring accountant who's reactive and not proactive? They basically do your accounts once a year and you never talk to them again. How would you like to deal with the unboring accountant and someone who actually becomes a business colleague of yours? He put out 150 letters into the post office boxes, picked up nine, cli- nine clients within a week. All right, John, you've got a new podcast. Want to tell us Thank about you. it? Thank you. Thank you for letting me have a plug. Yes, um, it's myself and a really good pal of mine who's an online guru, uh, an online freak when it comes to understanding how to drive traffic to websites and all that sort of stuff. And his name is Greg Kasser. And both of us have got together to have a bit of a Don Lane, Bert Newton podcast. It's a, <laughs> it's 50% fun and 50% content. Oh, no, let me say 90% content, 100% content with a lot of fun. Okay, so it's a lot of sarcasm and silliness. And it's at salesforprofit.com. So there's no AU. It's just salesforprofit.com. John Dwyer from the Institute of Wow. Fantastic talking with you. Thank you very much. All the best. That's all we have for you today, guys. Stay tuned next week to hear Judith Wilson on body language and how to improve your presentation techniques. I'm Caroline Stephen, and on behalf of the team, thanks for your company. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to TalkingTrading.com.au with Caroline Stephen. Make sure you are subscribed to this website to receive the very latest market views, commentary, and expert opinion. Tune in next week as we've got a bumper show planned. Bye for now. The views represented on Talking Trading are general in nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regard to your own situation.